Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the 8 O'Clock Spot right here on the Grid Network on YouTube and on Twitter. I am your host and moderator, Bryson Carver, and I'm very excited to be with these newest panelists for this week. we got a couple of returners, a couple of new guys to introduce. I will start with our first one, Devin Nettles of the At The Bank podcast here on the Grid, as well as the My Thoughts, My Opinion podcast, coming off of a second-place finish a week ago. Dev, you feel a little bit better about, uh, about your prospects this evening? Oh, you're muted. You're muted, Devin. You're muted. Oh, don't there we go for my points. Well, we will <laughs> see. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yes, sir. But How man, Bryce, man, what I tell you about these hats, man, we're not going to keep starting these shows off. You keep wearing these hats, man. Like you are killing me with these rivalry hats. But while we on baseball, we always have seen the news that my fellow Orioles uh, analysts got on <laughs> live and put out some Bad stats. My God, you had one job. You had one job. Read your cue card, do your homework, read the right stats, and you just go ahead and try to belittle the Orioles like that? I can't believe you. But, you know, it, it's cool. You know, the O's are still number one in our division. So let's go O's. You, you can never run from a scandal or anything, uh, anything you know, questionable when it comes to the Baltimore Orioles. So as a Red Sox fan, I'm not surprised in the slightest. Moving to our reigning champion, and he asked that I call him this, uh, Barry, Mr. 1,000, I'm sorry, 10,000 points, Grant Jr., the host of the All Even Podcast, the co-founder of the Grid Network. Uh, Barry, uh, I'll, I'll let you go on your little, your little tirade. Go, go ahead, my man. You know what's crazy about this is that I've always said that I'm a disruptor, all right? I am the wrench. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm always going to come in and try to destroy whatever the establishment is. And the fact that I won last week, just icing on the cake. You know, I I, I don't plan to win again. So this is going to be my, my thing anytime I'm on the show. I don't plan to win. But the fact that my takes are always so good, it probably end up happening again. So, you know, excuse the competitors, excuse whoever's on the show tonight, but... Mr. Ten Thousand is here. Okay, that's that. The, again, you're you're about to be joined. I have a feeling this ten thousand point club pretty soon. So d d don't enjoy it while you got a chance to for this next half hour. But one of these next three very well could uh, could join you in that in that category. Next is our newest member of the Grid Network. It is Dalton Brown. Dalton, welcome to the eight o'clock spot, sir. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to challenge for that ten thousand. Um, you know, with with my little thirty second spot here, I, I just wanted to you know provide provide the viewers a little bit of value right off the top. Uh, go, I, I'm just going to go ahead and give out a bet. Uh, Cal Golden Bears football, under five wins, even money, anywhere you're looking for it. Uh, they play the top six schools in the Pac-12 this season on their schedule. Road games at Utah, Oregon, and UCLA. And out of conference, they play Auburn. This team is maybe winning three, maybe winning four. I figure the best way to earn points on this show is to go ahead and give people money. So there you go. <laughs> Look at you trying to help the audience. Trying to, you're trying to win some points with me. I respect that. I respect the that. Round nose and begins. Awful. Awful. <laughs> yes, sir. And a special guest to the Grid Network. It is Alfred Parsar Jr. Alfred, how are you doing, my man? Oh, he's muted. muted too, Alfred, I think you're muted too, Alfred. Another, another deduction. We're, we're deducting points already. Um, it's good to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to challenge for the ten thousand point club. Uh, cause you know, uh, every, every legend has to become a has-been at some point. And, uh, <laughs> if I may use my 30 seconds, I would just like to say that, uh, Billy Epler should retire because the Mets are a dumpster fire. They're always teasing, but never pleasing. 
Wow, that's a bar right there. That's incredible. That's incredible. I, I'm gonna have to give you points for that. That's our last two. Absolutely, uh, you know, you're getting getting in the scoring already. But uh, before we get into the rules or anything, let's look at our leaderboard. And it's it's like it's kind of short, given that we had three panelists last week. Obviously, two of them returning. But our leaderboard, of course. Mr. Grand is in first place, 11,800 points. In second, it is Devin Nettles with a cool two grand. And our friend Mike Frozen Guido with 1,700 points uh, in third place at the moment. Very good chance he will be uh, in dead last by the end of the night. But listen, you never know what could happen. We could have a, we got some bad takes out there. So let's get into, before we get into our first topic, let's go and get into the rules for tonight and for every show. So the first round, the maximum amount of points you can get is 200, which you will get for what I at least deem is a great take. Again, it is all subjective, but then again, and I'm the most objective, subjective person on the face of God's green earth. So a uh, good take gives you 100 points. An okay take 50. And a bad take, you go like, don't get anything. You get zero points. So, fellas, are you oh, ready? Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. So the NFL players recently put out a top 100 list, ranking the best players in the NFL. And a big debate has come across today about where the, the, the second best quarterback in the NFL should be ranked. Jalen Hurts was ranked above Joe Burrow in the top 100 players list, despite uh, Burrow obviously coming off a second straight AFC title game appearance. But of course, Hurts having an incredible Super Bowl 57 against the Chiefs and finishing second in the MVP race to the guy he lost the Super Bowl to, Patrick Mahomes. So I'll start with you, Devin. Uh, do you think the players got this right? Do you think Jalen Hurts today is a better quarterback than Joe Burrow? Um, yes. In my eyes, I think Jalen Hurst is the better quarterback than Joe Burrow right now. And I'm not just being a bias and being a hater because I'm a Ravens fan. But I've seen that we we arguably seen that Jalen Hurst, no matter what position you put him in, I mean, what situation you put him in, he gets better and better each time. He was with Alabama. He was uh he was getting better until Tua came in. They felt like it was a different quarterback uh change. So then he went to Oklahoma, uh right, he went to Oklahoma. Then once he went to Oklahoma, nobody believed that he was able to turn that organization around in Oklahoma. And he made Oklahoma to a playoff team. And then he gets to the Eagles. Now he finally gets to the Eagles. People was doubting him the first chance that he got. Uh, they was only saying that the Eagles only uh, was able to win about three games. But then Jalen Hurts came in the following year and then came up to be second to MVP, which I believe that he would have won if he would have never got hurt during the uh, course of the season last year. So I, I feel like um, Jalen Hurts has progressed to be a top-tier quarterback because, remember, when Joe Burst had made his Super Bowl appearance, we already deemed him as second-best uh, quarterback in the league uh, that year. So I feel like that um, Jalen Hurts is the best quarterback right now. So I think the players, they get it right. Yeah, it's, it, you make some good arguments, and what's funny is that Burrow and uh, uh, Burrow and, and Hurts' journey are very similar, like, right, had, had to transfer – had to go to a second school. They weren't necessarily wanted by powerhouse schools, Alabama and Ohio State, respectively, for those two. And, of course, both have had a very successful start to their career. I'll, I'll go to you, Barry. I know you're a big, big Joe Burrow guy here on this show, so I, I have a feeling where you're going with this, but do you think the players got it right in this in this ranking? Absolutely not they didn't get it right. You see, the thing is, we, we are in the prisoner of the moment type of situation. Just because Jalen has got to the Super Bowl, everybody wants to talk about him, him, him. But – who went to the Super Bowl the year prior to that? It was Joe Burrow, right? Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Nobody in their right mind would ever put Jalen Hurts over Joe Burrow. Like, Joe Burrow has a better arm. I think he's a better leader of, 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 the, um, of his team. He, he, he understands and breaks down defenses way better than Jalen Hurts does. He doesn't make the mistakes that Jalen Hurts does as a quarterback. He's a better quarterback. 
If people like Jalen Hurts outside of Philadelphia, that's, that's fine. I'm sure people – I bet you everybody in Philadelphia probably pulled that or whatever it was. They, they probably try to, you know, doctor it up or try to buy people off. That's exactly what happened. J Jalen Hurts is not better in any category, maybe just running. Maybe just running. That's it. That's it. That's all I got. I mean, that's fair. And again, you would have to throw this out there, the fact that Jalen Hurts actually, I know I understand he missed more games than Burrow did, but he did throw only half the interceptions that Burrow did, but some of that's volume. Some of that's the fact that the Eagles did run the ball more than Cincinnati, so that kind of adds up as time goes on. I'll move you now, Joe, Dalton. Do you Joe think Burrow's they the got whole the team? That's he, well, listen, they, they had no success pre-Joe Burrow, so you make a good point. I'll go to you now, Dalton. Do you think the players got this list right? Do you think Hurts is better than Burrow right now? Uh, no, I, I mean, absolutely not. Burrow Burrow ahead of Hurts for me, and it's not that it's not close, but it's obvious. Um, and, and I want to address a couple, a couple points Devin made on this, right? I mean, I think the comparison of the stories between these two in college, you know, both of them had somebody else come in, they transferred out. They're not the same thing. Number one, this idea that Oklahoma wasn't anything before Jalen Hurts got there. I mean, have we not been watching Oklahoma football for the past two decades? They're consistently a 10-win team. Let's also talk about the details of how that all went down. Jalen Hurts saw Tua come in, win a title, and fled. I respect it. He went for greener pastures at Oklahoma. But what he didn't do at Oklahoma is win a national title. When Joe Burrow left Ohio State, he went to LSU and won a national title. But even like from an NFL perspective, right, I think you can make an argument that they're close, but Hertz has, uh, Hertz has basically done this for one year, right? He took his team to a Super Bowl. That's great. He beat a 49ers team with no quarterback to get there, and he beat Daniel Jones to get there. Joe Burrow's 3-1 and one against Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow took his team to a Super Bowl the year before, narrowly lost to Patrick Mahomes in, in the AFC Championship game last year. He's never lost a playoff game by more than three. He's 5-2 and two all time in the playoffs. I'm not saying Jalen Hurts can't get there, but right now, I don't think there's an argument to be made that he's there. You 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 were spitting there, my man. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was that was pretty strong. That was pretty strong. And again, you just consider the fact that you know the three and one record, and again, one of those one of those wins comes at Arrowhead in in you know to have to come back from a double digit deficit in the AFC title game just a year and a half ago, and obviously a year a uh, year ago coming up just short uh, to the great Patrick Mahomes. Alfred, I'll finish last with you. Uh, did the players get this right? Is Hurts better than Burrow today? If the argument was who is the better athlete and they said Jalen Hurts, I can't disagree. But who is the better quarterback is Joe Burrow. You want to you wanna look at the statistics, and this will be fair. I'll just give a brief rundown. Between the two, they both came out of the 2020 draft class, so they both came into the NFL at the exact same time. Granted, uh, Jalen Hurts, he, didn't, he wasn't the starter right out of the gate, but even so, Joe Burrow had that ACL injury so the timelines kind of add up. You have Jalen Hurts, who, who uh, from from uh, from day one till now, 45 games played to Joe Burrow's 42. So it's only a three-game difference. In that time, Joe Burrow has thrown 82 touchdowns to Jalen Hurts' 44. So that's a huge discrepancy. That is almost double the amount of touchdowns. You also want to go to passing yards. Jalen Hurts has a little over 7,900. Joe Burrow has 11,774. Quarterbacks, granted, yes, Jalen Hurts uses his feet. Yes, the Eagles are more of a run team. But traditionally, what do you pay your quarterback to do? Throw the ball. So if I'm going with the better quarterback, yeah, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, he uh, he has a better team. In my, in my opinion, the Eagles offense is better than the Bengals offense because, you know, they have uh, – Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown, I think that's better than Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. But at the same time, 
Joe Burrow throws the ball. He does what you pay a quarterback to do traditionally. And if you even want to go one step further and take it to even last season, he he beat he beat um uh Burrow beat Hurts in all of the important categories: completions, QBR, pass touchdowns, passing percentage. Uh, the only knock on Burrow compared to Hurts is Burrow throws more interceptions, but you're going to throw more interceptions when you throw double or triple the amount of passes. So give me Joe, give me Joe Burrow every day of the week. That was strong. That was strong. Alfred. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. You you almost immortalize yourself as uh, as Alfred Frozone Parsar Jr. Uh, you came close there. You're you're flirting with the edge there. Joining our friend Mike Guido. Shout out to Guido uh, in in the Frozone Club. Uh, before we get to the point totals, I would like to uh, give the uh, listeners uh, the the. Uh, the uh, uh, voice here in the comments here. The, again, feel free to chime in. Uh, oh, man, see, see, Parnell's already going at me. Parnell's in the comments. He says, Bryson is up with the list that Trevor should be much higher. Yes, Trevor being at 96 is a freaking crime, and he will be in the top 10 next year. You can book that. No question about it. Uh, Jamel Crothers, uh, who writes here for the grade, he says, Burrow over Hurts right now. Uh, Tim, uh, Tim Frost says, Burrow, uh, definitely Burrow for the win. Parnell here says that the players list is based on how the players did the previous year, but... Burrow is better than Hurts, and even you could argue the previous year Burrow might have been better than Hurts. So it's it, listen, it's 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 a fair uh, fair comparison to make. Let's look at our point totals uh, thus far. I'm gonna have to start with uh, 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 Devin. Uh, I'm gonna give you 200 points. I'm gonna give you 200 points. You made a strong case uh, for for our guy uh, Jalen Hurts. You made some strong cases in terms of leadership, in terms of his progression as he's gotten better and better. The fact you know the the, the doubters he had to face once he came to the league. Uh, I'll move now to Barry. Uh, that was a, that was a darn strong case uh, coming right back against Devin. And, uh, you know, you, you, you gave you, – you, 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 you were spitting right there. I'm not going to lie. You, you gave some good takes uh, regarding Joe Burrow. Uh, don't expect that to continue in the good take department. Uh, Dalton, <laughs> Dalton's actually in the lead, ladies and gentlemen, because that betting tip, I'm, I have to give him an extra 20 points. You that. know what? What you, is Dalton. going on here? What is going on here? We get extra 20 points? What are we doing? <laughs> providing value. Providing value. That's what we call that. He's winning right. money. That's all right. He's winning people it. money. I respect it. Okay, I respect and it was it. a great take. It was a great take. Uh, and Alf, Alfred was was incredible. I I, I actually was going to give Alfred some extra points, but the connection issues, I had to dock a few points off. But you still get the max two hundred. Uh, so Alfred, listen, Alfred's still in a good spot uh, moving forward. So uh, yeah, yeah, look, it's interesting. There's a very good possibility that Hurts maybe moves into that arguably top three, top four category uh, starting next season if he were to be once again the MVP discussion. Moving on to college football, which has been in the news quite a bit lately, not just the fact that EA Sports is putting out a video game finally next year, thank God, but we've got some conference realignments going on all over the place. Uh, so again, regarding the Big 12 adding some teams such as Colorado and Utah, the Big 10 adding Washington, Oregon, there's been plenty of stories regarding this very subject. So I will start with you, Barry, uh, because this actually affects your USC Trojans moving to the Big Ten uh, in the future, which was announced months ago. How do you feel about this conference realignment and how it affects college football? Uh, I think I think the conference realignment is good because you know you're trying to stack all the good teams against the good teams and stuff like that. You're trying to you're trying to create more dynamic matchups than what we've had in the past. And I think you know we we have to start thinking about it from a rating standpoint, right? Like college back college football is a big money draw, so they're always going to be saying to themselves, how can we be able to get the premium matchups every Saturday? Right. So this is what it's, this is what they're trying to create. It's a money business. You, you want to make sure that the, the revenue is coming in. You want to make sure that the ratings are there. You want to make sure that the intrigue is there. People love college football, but they're going to love it even more if they can get these marquee matchups week in and week out. 
So I love it. I love it. I think it's great for the sport. I think they need to do it more. Um, I, I believe in the shakeups and they got to They got to keep they got to keep it rolling. Yeah, and like you said, that that was kind of something that college football was having an issue with is that there wasn't as much of a sense of urgency in terms of the rivalry. So maybe you, some, you create some rivalries within those conferences. I'll move to you, Dalton. Dalton, you and I actually talked about it on my show, Carving It Up Live on Friday, uh, about how this uh, sort of, especially for the Big Ten, really introduces a new element of college football. Talk about that and just your overall take of the conference realignment. Yeah, I, I think it's the conference realignment for me, it, it comes with a little bit of a tinge of sadness. Um, you know, I think there, there's a lot of nostalgia being left behind from the conferences that we grew up with and that we loved watching and some of the rivalries that we loved watching. Um, and and I, think, I think that gets lost in the shuffle a little bit when we focus on only the revenues here. The other thing that I'll say is outside of football and maybe basketball for the non-revenue sports, this is a nightmare. Um, for some of these schools that are all of a sudden making cross-country trips to play midweek sports, uh, and they, they don't th- these aren't these aren't sports that these schools want to put as much money into, and, and trust me, that reflects itself in what that travel looks like and in, and in what the in, in what all of that looks like. So it, it hits me with a tinge of sadness. I think it's it's endlessly interesting. We're gonna get to see a lot of new matchups, new rivalries be born. Um, I, I also thought Chip Kelly, UCLA's coach, had a fascinating take today arguing that they, we should just do away with conferences entirely. Um, I think that could be what happens down the road. And imagine the rivalries you can build consistently through that. It's interesting, too, and, and the fact that you've had so much uh... – of uh, a thing in terms of, the, especially with the Big Ten, you got teams out east like Ohio State, Michigan, Wisconsin, all the way out west, UCLA, uh, USC, Oregon, Washington. So you have a lot of cross-country travel, like you mentioned, that's going to be a little bit of an issue with other sports. And so how they iron that out, how they, you know, in terms of schedule making, how are they going to uh, to make that a possibility? Is Do you play, do they divide it into divisions in terms of region? That's going to be an interesting question uh, moving forward as well. Uh, Alfred, your thoughts on the conference realignment and how this affects uh, college football as a whole? I think it's bad. And um, to go to Barry's point about putting putting all the uh, the power schools or the top schools in the same conference, I think that's rubbish because what's going to happen is it's going to be a consolidation game at, at some point. Um, last year, they moved USC and UCLA out of the Pac-12. Like, what are you doing? And to, to your point, you have, all, you have all of these schools that have to travel midweek and then go to other places like they've met they messed up the big 10 last season they messed up the biggies vengan todos a la venta para amigos y familiares de jc penny hasta el domingo usa el cupón de 30% extra en la tienda y llena tu carrito con estilo y ahorros y obtén hasta 60% de descuento en joyería fina y de moda además ahorra hasta 40% en ropa elegante para toda la familia compren juntos y luzcan de lo mejor este otoño jc penny vale la pena Selección de estilos, aplican exclusiones, cupón y oferta de ropa válidos hasta el 8 de octubre, oferta de joyería válida hasta el 22 de octubre. Detalles en la tienda jcp.com. Like, the, the SEC commissioner was not happy with the realignment. Uh, the Pac-12, we might even have to rename it to Pac-8 after all this is done. Like, it's, it's I feel bad for the smaller schools because some of these some of these schools and some of these kids are going to lose their programs and scholarships. It's It's inevitable. And, this, and I don't think this is the last of the realignment that we that we're gonna see. And to me, it doesn't make sense. If it wasn't broke, don't don't fix it. They wanna they wanna implement college football playoffs. That's one thing. Now you wanna shift around and take schools from the west, put them in the Midwest, take schools from the east and put them in the south. Like it, it just doesn't make any sense. And the only people that lose are the students and the athletes themselves. 
I think it's interesting, and, and too, is in terms of the athletes losing money, you know, obviously we have NIL coming to play the last couple of years and how that's affected the sport, especially in terms of uh, how the, the new college football playoff is coming to the fray, uh, at least in the future with the 12-team playoff. And I think that's come in large part due to the conference realignment, due to the SEC adding Texas and Oklahoma uh, recently within the last uh, year, two years. So I'll go to you finally, Devin, uh, your Bryson, thoughts on conference realignment. Yeah, what's that? Bryson, before you go, before Devin goes with his articulate point, I'd like to just throw a shot at Alfred, the fact that he's so old. He's like 75 years old, and he wants to keep everything the same way. This is why he doesn't like the realignment. He still he st he still smokes cigarettes with, with two hands and stuff like that. That's the problem with him. You should see how he talks about wrestling events. So just hey, move on. Hey, okay, rela relax, Barry. Relax. relax. Docking some points for talking out of turn. I just may. I was going to say that that's our, that's our first on this show. So I'm going to go to Devin now after that, uh, that very rude interruption from, uh, from Barry Grant Jr. in the classroom. What go to you, Devin, your thoughts on the, on the realignment. Uh, I'm a piggyback off of what Alfred was saying, man. I, I think for the smaller schools it's going to really hurt them because as we heard that, like how we was making fun on the, on the meeting, how I say Alabama versus El Appalachian state, you know what I mean? Appalachian state kind of looked for that revenue you know, for that money, for that school, so they can generate more uh, for their sports and stuff like that for their organization. So now we're not going to be looking forward to see small schools versus small schools. You know what I mean? So it's going to be kind of hard to see how how did that how do they fit in into this playoff uh, rule now? Because now, what if these small schools go undefeated? Do you now do you now put them up in the, with the powerhouse rankings now that's undefeated also who or, or actually only got one win? So it, it, it's kind of interesting now. But like y'all said, we can make new rivals now. You know what I mean? Because that, like, like Alpha said, I'm I am an old fan of the uh, I'm a U fan, so I am the fan of the U versus Florida State uh, type games and stuff like that. You know, Battle of Florida. So now if they if they were so happy not to be rivals anymore. It's like who who will be the rivals, even though that these two schools are in the dumpster right now. <laughs> but um, yeah, but like I said, it's like wh where's the place for the uh, small market schools now? Like where do they fit in if they have an unbelievable season? Yeah, it's an interesting points, and, and I think too, you know, you talked about Appalachian State, you know, as, as an example. Obviously, remember years ago them uh, upsetting Michigan. We've had upsets similar to that uh, within the last two, three decades or so. And how does it affect those schools as well? But ultimately, the bottom line is going to win, not just in college football, but in any business. And you know, that's that's ultimately what led these these programs to do what they did. Before we get to uh, the leaderboards, real quick, I did. I this is the second straight show. I know we've only had two that I've done this. I forgot to mention the second round rules, so we doubled up the point totals uh, for each thing. So the max amount of points you can get is four hundred for a great take a good take 200 okay take 100 and bad take as always zero uh and we will get to the leaderboards right now so we'll start uh with barry uh barry made some solid points i had a good take but i docked him 50 just for for cutting in class and interrupting uh our, our friend alfred uh parsar june that was that was very disrespectful grant barry grant that was not that was not good that was not good i didn't like that okay I was, I was wrong. You did my man dirty. Uh, Dalton Brown, you are in the lead, my friend. Again, we talked about this recently, and you 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 were you were on fire right now with, the, with your take. So I have to I have to give you credit where it's due. And again, the little extra twenty there. I hope you want some people money uh, for for the whole cow thing. It is it was going to the next season. Uh, Alfred, solid take, but I must say a bit old fashioned for for my twenty year old taste. Okay, that was just I did you 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 were you were speaking as if we are in uh, forty years ago. I just I didn't I didn't like that. I didn't like that. Why would you dock me points if I was accurate. I don't like that. Because you, you went outside the rules of the show, Barry. We don't, we don't do that. Come on. 
<laughs> Come on. Uh, and, and Devin, I'm not going to lie. De- Devin did a solid job. It's a, it's a bit old school, but I'm not going to lie. I, I, I liked how he detailed it in terms of how it will spe- affect the smaller schools. It's a point I honestly never even thought of. So uh, let's see. So we got Dalton in first, Devin in second, Barry in third, and Alfred Parsar Jr. Uh, in last uh, for the moment as we go into our final round with all four uh, candidates or contestants. So let's see. Look, look at the comments a little bit. Again, everybody is is uh, is more than welcome to to chime in. Uh, let's see. It looks like Alonzo Diaz says that Dalton's spitting facts. So uh, Alonzo is on your side there. Uh, uh, Dalton and, and Tim Frost says Dalton was – so it looks like the the, the the public is approving of my decision in, in terms of how I'm scoring this, so I'm, I'm loving it. Uh, Rod and Censored Media says, my dog, Dev. Uh, and he's, and uh, John Borger says, let's go, Dalton. Uh, so, yeah, everybody – seems like everybody's kind of pretty much agreeing with, with how I'm scoring things so far. So I appreciate the audience giving me the uh, further validation for what I already felt uh, within my own mind. For the final round, the final round involving the four contestants before we move into a final round with the last two-point getters. Uh, let's look at our third round rules. It will, again, double up once again, 800 points for a great take, 400 points for a good take, 200 for an okay take, and, of course, goose egg uh, for a bad take. So we'll get into our next topic – uh, regarding the LA Angels, who are in a bit of a pickle right now, ever since they decided to be aggressive at the deadline in trying to retain Shohei Otani long term, uh, they decided to be aggressive, go out and get some pitchers. And ever since the deadline, they have a record of one win and seven losses. So much so that you saw Shohei Otani the other day in the dugout, literally tears coming down his face. It feels like we're, it, it feels a little bit LeBron at the end and Cleveland ish, uh, at least to me. But I'll start with you, uh, Dalton. Your thoughts on the Angels losing streak and should they be second guessing being, being buyers at the the trade deadline um first of all yes they should be second guessing being buyers at the trade deadline um the the correct thing to do was always to trade away Shohei Otani I always knew that Artie Moreno did not have the heart to do it but that was always the correct thing to do in fact they probably should have done it about a year ago at last year's deadline um the reality is that they haven't been able to build any talented teams around him or Mike Trout over the time that they've been there uh, another note you know you, you you called them the LA Angels as the resident Angelino here they are not from L.A. They're not from L.A. County. They're from Anaheim. That's in Orange County. Um, they, they Their entire name in existence is a lie. Um, and, and, and really, I think it, it's, it's poetic justice in a way because they're about to lose Shohei Otani this offseason. He's going to sign up the five freeway in L.A. with the Dodgers, with the actual team that plays in L.A. Um, so – as a Dodger fan, I'm really enjoying watching the Angels flounder, not only because they're lying on their city name, but also because they're setting us up to take Otani from them with relative ease. That's interesting. That's a, that's interesting. And, and I, f- I feel like the Dodgers very well could be the front runner just so he stays, you know, within that within that time zone, within that, uh, obviously, that state in that uh, Southern California area. He seems to like it quite a bit. Uh, Alfred, big baseball fan, big Mets fan in the building. Uh, your thoughts on, uh, on Shohei Otani and thoughts on the Angels being aggressive and being buyers at the trade deadline? All right, so I'm going to play both sides of the coin real quickly before I get to my point. Number one, as a diehard Mets fan and lifelong Mets fan, I'm actually going to applaud the Angels for not giving up. Prior to the trade deadline, when when August 1st came, the Angels were five games behind the last wild card spot. Instead of being sellers, they chose not to give up. I can clap my hands and say, okay, bravo, because... My team, the Mets, five games behind a wild card, sold the, sold the team and, and just said, all right, give us three years. So I, I, I commend the gutsiness. Number two, I understand wanting to trade Otani because you never want to let somebody, especially the caliber of an Otani, walk for, for next to nothing. Or in this case, nothing, because 
he's not going back to LA at the end of this season, or or um, no matter how you put it. However, I honestly think that if they would have moved him, they would have got a low ball offer. Somebody would have tried to get by because they're in, in the other GM's minds are like team has not team has nothing to play for. Maybe instead of unloading the farm, we give them three prospects and a couple decent major league players. So they weren't in a rush to they weren't in a rush to move Otani probably because they felt they wouldn't get the the return that they expected. And then you also have to think about it uh, from another GM's perspective. If I have a, a team that's in the middle of the pack competing, I'm a wild card team trying to make a push for the division. Do I really want to invest my future and and all my prospects in the farm for a player who? may not even decide to want to stay with my franchise past the season. And we've seen it. We saw the the Dodgers went all in a couple years ago on Manny Machado, and he turned around and went to the Padres the following offseason. As just one example of, of many. My Mets got Javier Baez, and he turned around and went to Detroit, and a team that he'll never win on uh, uh, the following the following offseason. Can I give you 10 more seconds, Al? Uh, but I commend the Angels. I do think they should have tried to move him for something, but I do commend the gutsiness to try to make a run. Because at the end of the day, everybody's job is to try to win games. Yeah, Bryson, I, I just want to say one thing, because he, he mentioned the Dodgers in 2018 going after Otani. Hey, uh, Alfred, can, can, can you name anything that the Dodgers gave up for, for, uh, for not for Otani, for Machado? Can, can you name any of the players they traded away? Off the top of my head, no. Exactly. Prospects will always be prospects until they become something else. Well, it's been five years, and none of them made the bigs. So that's all I'm saying. I mean, yeah, I mean, listen, the Padres are the Padres too. The, 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 you can kind of put them in that same class, uh, you know, out west with the Angels in terms of going all in and just you know, kind of falling flat in their face. But you went against the grain, Alfred. I respect that. Moving on to Devin, uh, your thoughts on the Angels deciding to go all in and thus far kind of falling flat on their face. Like you just said it, Bryce. <laughs> they fall flat on their face. If I was the Angels, I would have gave I would have gave up Otani. You know, what I mean, there's no way I'm going to sit on his contract or let him ride for nothing going into the next year. We already stink now, so why stink even worse? I might as well go ahead and try to bring in some futures, something to make us type of relevancy. Because I'm pretty sure a lot of teams probably would have went after Otani if they knew that the Angels was very serious about trading. You know what I mean? We already know that the Yankees love to buy their, their World Series. So the Yankees probably would have did everything possibly to try to lure him in there. So if I was if I was the Angels, it was like, I don't know what y'all was thinking. You know what I mean? Why let this guy walk for nothing where you could at least got something uh out of out of this deal? So the Angels, you you, you kind of get what you you kind of get what you get, man. You know, you you play stupid game, you win stupid prizes. And you make a great point regarding the fact that, you know, somebody, somebody is going to go, you know, pursue a guy like that. And, and, you know, very good chance if they had, you know, let the whole baseball world know maybe a week out, hey, maybe a deal gets done by that point. So that's, that's fair. I'll move to you, Barry. You've been quite critical of the Angels. Uh, why is that? And why I would assume do you, do you think they made the wrong move and the wrong decision here? Because the Angels have idiot brain. You see, a lot of teams out there, they don't realize what it takes to actually be a, great franchise and a consistent winner so my friend alfred there who was a met fan just like myself did not mention this one thing and i'm going to have to educate the masses 2011 we are in rubble 
but we have the best shortstop possibly in the game, and he wins the batting title. What do the Mets do? Instead of trading Jose Reyes, they keep him and lose him for nothing. That's not what you do with a franchise. You, if, you, if, if he's one of the best players, if he's producing, you sell, you sell, you sell, and you revamp your farm system, and you try to go ahead and, and revamp and retool. The Angels have one of the worst farm systems out there. Why would you not try to replenish the farm system by getting rid of Shohei Itani last year and then guess what you can be able to do this year or in the same offseason? You get rid of Trout as well. Do you know the massive overhaul you could have got for dumping both of those guys? You can be able to sell to your franchise and your fan base and say, hey, listen, we tried to win with these guys. It wasn't successful. We're going to go ahead and start a new regime, try to get some young guys in here, get some young pieces and start fresh. Give those guys a chance to compete somewhere else for a contender and everybody wins. But the Angels are idiots. They've always been idiots. They were idiots when they signed Albert Pujols back in the day. It was never going to work. And this is why they're a disaster. So I don't feel sorry for them. They're going to get exactly what they get. Shohei Itani is going to go ahead and cry on the bench. And then he's going to cry once he goes to the Dodgers. And then once he has his jersey with his press conference, he's going to cry again and say, hey, you know, I'm a Dodger now. I want to say, you know, good luck to the Angels and all your future endeavors. And you get left with nothing. Idiot brain. And they've blown the prime of one of the greatest players this generation has seen, and Mike Trout Correct. as well. So that's 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 kind of it's kind of been their brand. So before we get to the leaderboard and who moves on to the final round, let's get to uh, some comments here because we got a lot of action here. Uh, you know, re revolving around people's uh, takes on this. Uh, Alonzo Diaz says the Angels are trash, uh, and 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 uh, Jamel really liked Dalton's take. Uh, it seemed like everybody's like Dal Dalton's takes. New new guy is new guy in the blocks doing a good job. Uh, let's see. Alonzo says uh, Alfred, don't be rubbish uh, when your turn comes up. <laughs> uh, you see. Is, uh, Angels will be bottom feeders for the next five plus years for not trading Otani, reaching like uh, reaching like Jose Ramirez on uh, on Tim Anderson. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Well, listen, listen. He got lucky on that punch. Uh, let's see. Complete Sports Media. The Angels made a big mistake not trading Otani. They need to let other teams negotiate a deal with his agent and field the best offers. Uh, let's see. Alonzo also says very speaking facts. Uh, regarding uh, the Angels and Idiot Brain, and and and, and Jamel agrees with you uh, as well. So, listen, that that's kind of where that's kind of where we're at. I think we all agree that the Angels are a poorly run franchise. So, let's determine who moves on to the final round. Dalton went first. He is at nine hundred and seventy points. I actually thought he gave some great points. The problem is, Dalton, you committed the fatal error that Barry Grant Jr. committed in the last round, and that is cutting in and interjecting before I get to the next uh, the next guest. I don't like that. You gotta have to learn for the, for the future next show. It, it, it needed to happen. I, I didn't want to hear this Machado nonsense. I'm, I'll, I'll gladly give up the points for that. It needed to happen. Okay. Okay. Listen, you had to, yeah, I guess you had to take the fall. Uh, let's see. Going to Alfred Parso Jr. I'm not going to lie. Made some solid points. Made some solid points. I'm like, even though I don't totally agree with you, 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 I respect the fact that you, 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 you believe in not giving up. And that, that is the mentality we all got to have in life. Again, in this instance, I don't know if it necessarily applies, but I respect that. Going to Devin now. Again, by the way, Alfred at 1,100 points. Uh, Devin at 1,000 points. So, sorry, Dalton, you're out of the mix here. You're, you're not moving on to uh, to the final round. Uh, but, Devin, I thought you made some great points regarding the uh, you know them not trading him and not being able to to build for the future. And, you know, that's – let's see. Although, in fairness, is it possible the Angels are probably going to screw up, uh, you know, getting a good trade package as well? You know, it's kind of, it's kind of what they do. 
And uh, I have to say, uh, for the second straight week, Barry Grant Jr. is moving on to the final. Uh, 50 points ahead of Alfred, so it is going to be two Mets fans in the building duking it out uh, for uh, for the title. So to uh, to Devin and to Dalton, great job. Look forward to having you on the future. But uh, for the time being, you will not be able to duke it out for the, for the championship. I'm, just, I'm sorry about that. It happens. All right. I mean, hey, what are you gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the judge. Dalton, okay. Dalton brought the heat today. I like, I like what you brought today, Dalton. That's yes. good. Devin brought yes. the heat, but Mister Ten Thousand is back in the finals, and I, I feel sorry for Alfred. I'm telling you right now, I feel bad for him. This could result very badly. Devin, Dalton, great stuff today. Great stuff uh, throughout the show. Of course, it came down to you two. It just, it just For some reason, it kind of feels right to have Barry and Alfred in the building. Two Mets fans, two very sad Mets fans uh, with different solutions on how to fix the organization. But hey, different, difference of opinion is absolutely welcomed here. Okay, our final topic is, is, is a heated discussion between two Hall of Fame-level players, uh, the great Dwayne Wade and Paul Pierce, uh, to, to a Heat great and a Celtic great. Uh, so we have... Paul Pierce recently saying, he said, put Shaq on my team. Put LeBron and Bosh with me. I'm not going to win one saying that, hey, I, I'm a, I'd have won more rings if I'd have been in Miami with those two greats. And Dwayne Wade responds, simply put, quote, rent, ex, it, rent is expensive, and I'm living rent-free in uh, in Paul Pierce's head. So I'm going to start with you on this one first. Uh, Barry, the defending champ, trying to defend your title and go back-to-back. Your thoughts on this entire ordeal between two of the best in the game? Right. Here's what I want to say, because I, I put this this post out on IG and it it, it spread like wildfire. Um, Very, very popular. Paul Pierce is a all time great. He's a top 75 player and so is Dwayne Wade. But the problem is that Dwayne Wade is better. Everybody knows that if you look at the statistics, right, Dwayne Wade had a longer prime. His numbers were phenomenal for the first seven, eight years of his career before he started to break down. Dwayne Wade was constantly in the MVP votes. Uh, Dwayne Wade led his team to an NBA championship with a lesser Shaquille O'Neal and had one of the greatest finals uh, uh, performances in NBA history. It's still ranked up there as one of the greatest runs in, 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 uh, in NBA history in the finals. Paul Pierce has this thing about being appreciated. I, I I feel that he's, I think he feels he's underappreciated and that's why he constantly has to say certain things. He has to behave a certain way in the media. He has to kind of be like, look at me, look at me. But the, the fact of the matter is that he's not beloved like everybody else. And that, I think that that bothers him. Paul Pierce played with two Hall of Famers as well as a young budding point guard in in Rajon Rondo, that was one of the best point guards for the next eight seasons in the NBA. So for him to say that he didn't play with anybody, or you know, he would have won championships with with those guys, of course, Paul Pierce is a good player, but that still doesn't mean that he's better than Dwayne Wade. They're both good, but there's levels, right? So you know, he's not going to be in the room with Larry Bird. He's not going to be in the room with with Bill Russell. He's in the other room, right? He doesn't have, you know, he doesn't have penthouse clearance, and that's okay. There's levels. There's different tiers of greatness. And Dwayne Wade is just another tier or maybe two above him. That's all it is. And that's a great point, too, about the Boston Celtics. Is people talk about all oh, the first super teams of the 21st century with the Heatles and then the Durant, the uh, the Curry, yeah. Durant Warriors. That was the first team. That's four right. Hall of Fame level players. Uh, and obviously, Doc Rivers coaching. And they had a great bench and beat the Lakers pretty badly in the 08 finals. Beat Move on to Alfred. What's that? They said beat the heck out of them. Badly, yeah. That game six was was a massacre. Going now to Alfred, uh, your thoughts? Do you think Dwayne Wade is right here? Or do you think Paul Pierce is right? 
I think Dwayne Wade is, in fact, living rent-free in the mind of, of Paul Pierce. And not even just basketball skill, but let's take a look at impact and overall marketability. We never saw marketing campaigns for Paul Pierce. Uh, in Dwayne Wade's prime, they had those commercials that ran all the time. Every time I get knocked down, I get right back up. You want to talk about uh, impact with kids. You go to a park during that time period, kids weren't trying to imitate Paul Pierce. They're trying to imitate Dwayne Wade. You want to look at NBA 2K and NBA Live covers. Dwayne Wade was on covers of both. Paul Pierce was on the covers of none. You want to talk about all-time superstars during the time they both played. While, yes, Paul Pierce was an all-star. Yes, he was the guy for his franchise. But he didn't have the impact like a Dwayne Wade. And we're not even talking about rings. And then he wants to talk about, oh, well, you give me Shaq or, or, or you give me this guy or that guy. Like, like it was previously mentioned, he played with Ray Allen. He played with Kevin Garnett. He played with Rajon Rondo in the in the in the late the the late nineties, early two thousands. He and Antoine Walker were one of the one of the best one two punches you could have found uh, in the post Jordan era. It's not it's not uh, Dwayne Wade's fault that uh, that Tony Delk and Tony Batie and all these other guys rounded out the roster on the Boston Celtics in the early two thousands. Like Dwayne Dwayne Wade just happened to be uh, a benefactor of a good and aggressive front office at the time. So, uh, you want so it's not his. You can't fault Dwayne Wade for playing with better teammates. And like I said, yes, Paul Pierce, top seventy-five player, no doubt. Paul Pierce, Hall of Famer, no doubt. But clearly, Dwayne Wade had the better career because he had the better ability and he had the better marketability. I I'm trying to rack my brain now. I can't think of any NBA league-wide marketing campaign or any Gatorade or shoe or shoe campaign that Paul Pierce had. Because they give those things to top notch, to the top notch caliber players. I always said it like this, and I know ten I'm seconds left, Alfred. Paul, there's guys like Paul Pierce and Tracy McGrady that are here. There are guys like LeBron and Kobe and Dwayne Wade that are here. That's a great point. Both of you were you had the same opinion. I actually agree with both of you uh, in a different sense. But the winner for tonight's eight o'clock spot. It's Alfred Parsar Jr., 10,000 points, <laughs> beating Barry Grant Jr., dethroning the king today. Congratulations to Alfred as uh, he, he, he celebrates. Uh, let's see if we can get the background music to, to celebrate the new champion, Alfred Parsar Jr., because what you did today, sir, was truly special. I'd like to thank Barry himself, and uh, you 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 let the outsider come back in and school you, like I said you were going to. Yep, Alfred's a champion. Alfred is is is, is going to be the 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 reigning eight o'clock spot champion. As uh, we we bring uh, Devin and Dalton back into the fray. Uh, do you guys have any uh, uh, thoughts on 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 the the winner for tonight? Man, good job, Alfred. Man, I'm so glad you dethroned Barry. I don't have to see him <laughs> in this crown on the on our group chat no more. Thank you. <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. What about you, Dalton? Your, your your thoughts on this? Well, I mean, I want to congratulate Alfred on his win. Uh, I think uh, it was an incorrect decision made to not allow me to continue. Uh, <laughs> I will be speaking with the commissioner about that decision. Uh, but, you know, I, I decided to just throw my takes in the comments instead because I actually brought stats. I actually brought opinions backed up for that last one. I, I had a lot of heat packed and I was ready to take it home, but – uh, but no, Alfred brought it. I'm, I'm happy for him, but uh, I, wrong winner. I'm coming back. 
I would just like to say that I feel like Kirk Gibson and Chavez Ravine in the Yankees <laughs> A doctor's reference. There, there we go. go. <laughs> yeah, he knows how to win me over. I like that. Right. <laughs> he, he knows. He's Alfred already knows how this game works. So Alfred Parsar Jr., congratulations, sir. Congratulations as well to Barry, Devin, and Dalton throughout the rest of tonight's show. That is all we got for the 8 o'clock spot. Tuesday night's 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time right here on the Grid Network's YouTube and Twitter pages. Be sure to check us out next week at this time for the best takes on the best stories around the world of sports. Thank you to all those who commented, all those who watched. Please tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend about this show. Every single week, Tuesday, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific time here on the Grid's YouTube and Twitter channel. Great job to everybody who participated. Hope to have some new incredible panels next week, potentially some returners. And uh, anybody have any uh, last words? Actually, I'll give out for the last words. This is the champ. Any last words before we get out of here? I came. I saw. I conquered. I told you so. He, he came in with a, he also came with a very, uh, humble, a quiet humbleness, a, qu a quiet confidence. When he, he is never humble. He is never humble. You just stop it. Today. Just stop it. Today he was. Today he was. <laughs> Props to Alfred. And, uh, that is all the time we've got. Hope y'all check out everybody, all these incredible content creators right here on the Grid Network, uh, for next week. Until next Tuesday, I am Bryson Carver. Stay safe out there. God bless y'all. Big trust, Bryce. Peace out. <laughs> and go Steelers. <laughs> oh my God. Este es el mejor momento para preparar tu hogar para las fiestas y recibir a los invitados. Porque en The Home Depot encuentras ahorros de hasta 40% en baños seleccionados por Internet. Además de entrega gratis en todos los tocadores y grifos por Internet. Deja tu casa lista para esas visitas esperadas. Familia, amigos, vecinos y las inesperadas. Deja tu baño listo para las fiestas con ahorros de hasta 40% en tocadores y grifos en The Home Depot. Haces más, logras más.